to turn to two places this morning. I'll give you a thought. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and, and 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Uh, I, I, I was at a funeral yesterday, and uh, a lady, uh, and I've known her seven, eight years now, and all I've seen of that woman was laying in a wheelchair, paralyzed. Everything had to be done for her. Uh, she uh, could not eat by herself. She couldn't, everything. And, and I watched over the years that her husband uh, provided everything for her. And yesterday at the funeral, I, I watched him as he said goodbye to his wife. And I got to thinking about the burdens, the afflictions that we have in life. We've all seen somebody go from healthy to barely nothing. We've all seen that. and uh, We've all had a bad year. We've had uh, social distancing and uh, riots and the election, just everything's just been crazy. And to watch somebody lose all that they were to nothing is, is, is sad. See the, uh, the afflictions that we have in our life. Romans 8 and 18, let us stand. Paul said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for, I want you to circle that word for, for, for our light affliction which is but a for moment, worketh for us as far exceedingly and eternally Weight of glory. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you. Thank you for your mercy and grace and love. Thank you. Father, what you do, Lord, we just thank you for each one here. Open our hearts and minds and receive a message that we're stored for us, Lord. And we just ask you to prick the hearts this morning. Help us to be what we need to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This morning, this, this is not a topic that you want to shout about this morning. But this is what the Lord had laid, laid on my heart. Uh, speaking about... Uh, these two verses here. Every time you look at these two verses, they're cross-referenced to each other. Uh, so this morning I want to take these two verses and I want to, us to see some very important lessons that Paul is trying to teach us about how we should view our sufferings, how we're to view our suffering. Let me remind you, when it comes to the matter of suffering, the Apostle Paul was an authority on it. Uh, he was authority on the matter of suffering. In fact, one, of, one could argue that he suffered more than any other preacher in the gospel except for Jesus Christ himself. In 2 Corinthians, you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 23 and through 28. Let me just read over and read that. It says, it says, uh, it says are they ministers of Christ? I speak of as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundant in stripes above measure in the prison, more frequent in death all. Of the Jews, five times received forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned thrice. I suffered shipwreck a night and a day, and I have been in the deep. 
in journeyings often, in pearls of waters, in pearls of robbers, in pearls of my own countrymen, in pearls by the heathens, in pearls in the cities, in pearls of the wilderness, in pearls of the sea, in pearls among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting, then in the cold and nakedness. Beside those things, he says, beside all those things, they're without but which come from me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul knew what it was about. Paul knew what uh, saying. He says, I've suffered physically. I've suffered mentally. I've suffered emotionally. I have suffered spiritually. Paul said, if you want to talk about suffering, I can tell you something about it. So it's safe to say that uh, he knew what he was talking about. So I want to listen to what Paul would have tried to tell us this morning because we live it has been, we have faced afflictions and suffering more than I have. He, he's, he's faced it all more than I have. So what does Paul have to learn us to deal with suffering in our daily life? Paul wants us to see his position on suffering. That word jumps out at me in Romans 8, 12 is the, the word reckon. It takes, uh, it means to take an inventory. It means to consider a matter and make a decision or come to conclusion on it. It's a banking term. It's an accounting term. It's a term that gives you a, a, a picture of balancing and, and scales. So it's what Paul is saying here. Paul comes to this position that all the suffering that he has faced on this earth, he said, when you were even worthy to compare to the glory that we're going to experience in heaven one day. This is what Paul did. Paul took all the afflictions, all the sufferings that, that he had faced on this earth, and he put them on this side of the scales, and, and that kind of weighs us down. Then Paul says, I, I got to thinking about the glory of God and what God has got prepared for me and where I'm going. I got to thinking about the blessings of God, and he said, I start putting them on this side of the scale, and every time I get to thinking about it, it just puts more and more. He said, because the blessings of God never end. So this side is always going to outweigh that side. The blessings of God is always going to outweigh the afflictions that we suffer in this life. Paul came to the conclusion, it's not worth the time to compare. It's a waste of time. Here's why, because every problem, for every disappointment, for every heartache that we face on earth, thank God, when we get to heaven, glory and the blessings are going to be infinite. It's going to be infinite peace, it's going to be infinite uh, victory, infinite celebration, and, and there will be rest. And when, that, when you try to compare those two together, there's no comparison, Paul says. The glory side is always going to outweigh the suffering side. You ask, why should we believe Paul? More than anybody else. I'll, I'll tell you why. I said Paul knew something about suffering, but he also knew something about the glory of heaven. And I'm not just talking about faith. I'm not talking about his faith. Paul had been a privilege to get a glimpse of heavenly things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about an experience, a vision. And when he was taken up into the third heaven, the experience happened 14 years prior to him writing 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You ask why that's so important. 
Well, this is the experience that we wrote. He wrote Romans 8 and he wrote uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He had that experience before he even began to write those things. He had an insight where you and I don't have. He knew how glorious it would be in heaven. And when he got to thinking about that, he got to looking about that on what God had shown him and what he was privileged to see. Uh, he said, no matter what I face in earth, no matter what I go through in earth, there's coming a day that that will end. But glory will never, never, never end. So I'm not going to compare it no more. I know that I'm going to suffer. I know I'm going to face these things, but I know where I'm going. Paul compared them. Put them on weights and balances that they don't, they don't measure out. Paul was stacking a wonder after wonder after wonder on this side and just, it just kept outweighing the afflictions and suffering that he afflicted in his life. That's why in 2 Corinthians, he describes it this way. For our light affliction is for a moment. For a moment. I know you are thinking this, this, this is wrong. Sunday morning to be preaching about affliction and, being, and light and, mo- and, mo- uh, uh, and for a moment. After years we've had in churches and in our personal lives, for most of us can say, my problems are everything but light this morning. My suffering's been everything but momentarily. In fact, they feel like that uh, they're extreme, heavy, and they're never going to end. Can I get a witness on that? It looks like they're are never going to end. My afflictions are never going to end. But Paul keeps uh, bringing us back to that scale. And this is what he wants us to realize, that when you're comparing the weight on how, uh, uh, that, how much the weight of the glory is, it's always going to outweigh the suffering. There's no comparison, Paul said. We're going to go through these things. We're going to have sufferings. We're going to have affliction in this life. But when you compare the glory... There's no comparison. He uses the word that suggests that uh, that is not even close. He said glory is far more exceedingly in weight than the weight of our affliction. Paul said that the weight of a glory is always going to be greater. And thank God because there's always going to be so much of it. Not only does it want to, us to recognize the affliction is light, but he also wants us to recognize that it's limited. It's limited in time. He said for a moment. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this this morning. Christian, here is this. Here it is. Thank God suffering is temporary for the believer. But glory is for eternal. Amen. It will last forever and ever. When you get to heaven, uh, all the th- suffering that you inflictions you faced on earth are over with. They're going to be breaking. For the last time, our spirits will be discouraged. For the last time, our hearts will be broken. For the last time, we'll weep uh, uh, for sorrow. For the last time, we'll be depressed. Uh, for the last time, we'll go to that cemetery. For the last time, suffering is going to end. Amen. 
Because it's only temporary. Glory will go on forever and ever. Suffering is temporary. Glory is eternal. It may not feel like it this morning. In this little brevity of time on earth that we have. I know people that had battled different things uh, for years in their life. Uh, they were dealing with medications in their life uh, for years, dealing with doctor appointments and, and surgeries. I, I, I think about the years that they suffered, and, and I look up to heaven and say, how, how can you compare that for a moment? How can you consider it be light? How can you consider that be for a moment? You know what he said? He looked at the scripture and said, if you need more proof, I got it. I got it. I believe if God could crack the heavens and give us a glimpse of someone that we know that has suffered in this life and they laid and wasted away and could not do anything, I believe if God could just crack open the windows of heaven and let that person look down and you can look up and see that person, they'll say, hey, I can't even remember my sufferings. I can't even remember my afflictions because right now I've got it made. It's glory and that's all I can think about it. If God just give us a glimpse of heaven somebody that we know that's gone on he said that that suffering was just light just light Paul says you need to recognize the suffering is just for a moment that's Paul's position on suffering we, we need to adopt that position on a suffering in our lives that <laughs> It's not forever. Thank God it's not forever. It's only temporary. Glory is forever. Paul said the position that he took. Paul recognized the pattern. Uh, throughout Scripture, suffering and glory always comes together. They're, they're not separated They're always linked in grief and, and glory are attached to the hip throughout the Word of God. Both verses that we read this morning illustrate is there's is there uh, throughout the Bible. First Peter and, and one and seven says that the trials of our faith being much more precious than the gold that perisheth through the tribe of fire be found unto the praise of hum, uh, honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. They're always going together. They're always going to be together. Suffering and glory is always going to be attached together. First Peter four and thirteen. But rejoicing as much as ye are partakers of Christ, suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may also be with exceedingly joy. So there's no joy without suffering. They cannot be separated in God's economy. That's what not the pattern that Paul wants us to see, though. The pattern I think Paul wants us to see is that when all the uh, we see all the verses that we read that suffering's always preceding glory. In other words, the connections always come in that order. There's going to be suffering, and then there's going to be glory. There's going to be affliction, and then there's going to be glory. If it's grief, there's going to be glory. It's not the other way around. You'll never have it the other way around, Paul said. One of these reasons we struggle with our suffering, we have not yet felt the glory on this earth. 
the glory of light we are going to feel when we get to heaven. When we see Jesus face to face, we think we've felt glory. We've had some good revivals. We've had some good meetings. We had not felt the resurrection power and glory of Jesus Christ yet. That is why we struggle with our sufferings, because we haven't felt the glory yet. We feel suffering every single day. We feel the afflictions every single day. We feel the sorrows every single day. But very little glory do we feel in our lives. But one day, brother, God is going to flip it all around. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. There will be no heartaches, no more tears, and no more death. Glory when we feel our hearts and our souls when we get to heaven. Paul recognized the pattern. He realized that we're not going to experience the bliss of heaven while we're on this earth. It's suffering now, but thank God it's glory later. Listen to this quote from a preacher. Many of us struggle with discouragement and disappointment. Because we live in a way in hopes that this life will bring us things. That we were only meant to experience in heaven. We look at it all wrong. The sufferings look at it wrong. And you know what? God intentionally. God does it intentionally. And here's why he does it. And he wants us to get, he don't want to get comfortable with the things in this world. He doesn't want to become comfortable with all the things that's going on. He wants us to long for heaven. He wants us to long for him. Let me ask you a question. The first Sunday of 2021, do you long more for heaven than you did last year on this day? I, I can say this. The pull from the ones that have crossed over has never been stronger in my life. That's what's my heart today. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us, to pull from those who've gone on to be stronger in our lives, to guide us that way, to direct us that way, because it's not, this is not my home Thank God my home is in Beulah land with my heavenly father. So God allows suffering to come to us in this world. God allows suffering to come to make this place undesirable, less comfortable. So we want to go home. We see Paul's position and we see Paul pattern but thirdly Paul recognized his purpose in our suffering he recognized his purpose in it why does God allow suffering Why, why does God allow it first to display his own glory 
God allows suffering to come in our lives to glorify Him that, that is illustrated in John 9 when Jesus passed by a man that was blind from birth and the disciples said, Sir, uh, Jesus, who sinned? Did He sin or did His parents sin? And Jesus said, Neither have man, this man sinned nor his parents, but for the work of God to be made manifest in him. Amen. That was the purpose of his suffering. John 11, Lazarus was sick, and when he, Jesus heard of his, uh, uh, he said it, uh, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. Now that's tough truth to know that God allows suffering to come in our lives. Well, let me remind you, the only reason you are created here on earth is to bring Him glory and bring glory to the one that's created us. So it's display His own glory. Secondly, He uses suffering to, to help us to grow spiritually. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of grace who have called us unto eternal glory of Jesus Christ that you may suffer a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, entitle me, and settle you. Some things you can only grow by spiritual things in your life. And it comes by the hand of experiencing suffering in your life. Thirdly, God uses suffering in a reminder of our reliance on Him. Nothing helps us to remind us that how badly we need a shepherd when we're going through a valley. Nothing helps to remind us how badly we need a great position when we're facing sickness in our life. Nothing helps us to remind us how badly we need the master of the sea when we're going through a storm. When we suffer, we're reminded, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. For God uses suffering in our lives to encourage others, believers, as a reminder and a testimony to the unbelievers. Philippians 1, 12 and 14, But I should, ye, should stand, understand, brethren, that the things that which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So the bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palaces and all the places and any other brethren in the Lord waxing confidence in the hands as much as hold the speak the word without fear. So what are you saying? God uses the way we handle our suffering to encourage fellow believers. When you see someone that's going through something, you see what they're going through. We, we encourage other believers to go through it, but also it's a testimony to the unsaved. We see the position, we see the pattern, we see the purpose. Paul had the right perspective when it comes to suffering. Paul was a master at living in the present life with eternity on his mind. He, he viewed his suffering through the lens of eternity. He viewed it from a heavenly view and a heavenly perspective as God saw it. And that's what the Bible continually challenges us to do. To look ahead at our heavenly future. 
in order to try to make sense of this present life and the way that, we, that Jesus did as, as, at the well. He modeled that perspective in Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the offer, the finish of our faith, for the joy he was set down before him, the endure the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. So what this verse is saying is saying that Jesus understood that he was going to have to endure the brutal suffering of the cross as painful and difficult as it was, but he kept going. He didn't stop. What kept him going? He kept his eyes on heaven. He thought of the glory he was going to receive that day. When we look at his rightful place, his father, he, he's enjoying it right now. That's what kept him going. The suffering is bad, I understand that, but does not compare to the glory that he feels now. Martin Luther said, if we consider the great, uh, the great glory of the future life, it would not be difficult for us to bear the suffering in this world. God asked us to live with this understanding. That is the purpose to realize the future, realize that some pain in our lives is going to be in this present world. I don't know about you, when it, when it comes to my suffering, I view my suffering from the ground up. When trials come and problems come and the crisis come, my initial reaction is I'm dealing with this action. I'm dealing with and I'm looking at it and then I'm looking up at God and trying to make sense of all that's gone on. I try, I try to make sense. Why is this? Why is that? And God says, no, you should not be trying to make sense of it. God has a different way to view our suffering. I start looking down at my suffering. And if I'm not looking down, I'm looking like this. You know, that's a bad place to be in suffering. You start viewing your suffering horizontal, that means that I look at suffering, I start to compare my suffering to other people's suffering. And I say, Lord, why aren't they suffering like I'm suffering? Why, why am I going through this? And I've I, I worked hard for you. I, I've given to you. I've done everything. Yet why am I suffering and they're not suffering? Or you may see somebody that's suffering more than you are and you start comparing yourself to them thinking you're better than you are. God doesn't want us to see our suffering from the ground up. But God doesn't want us to look horizontal to other people to see what they're suffering because we're all going to suffer in this present world. God wants us to look at it in a heavenly view. Start looking up at heaven and look down. He wants, to, he wants us to view our suffering from heavenly down to earth. And that's the only thing that's going to help you today. It's the only thing that's going to bring you through today. You know what I consider a good day? Probably the same as you do. It's a good day when there hasn't been any major problems. Amen. No major problems. It's a good day when there's been no crisis. 
Amen. It's a good day when everything's going the way it should be going. Everything, everything I plan is going that way. It's a good day when there, there's absence of stress. It is a good day when there's no strife. There's a good day when there's no struggle. That's my idea of a good day. That's a great day. I can live through that day, but that's not God's idea. Can I tell you that? That's not God's idea. God's idea of a good day for me is anything that happens in my life that moves me closer to the image of His precious Son. That's what God considers a good day for our lives. But here is the problem. What does, that does not happen without some kind of suffering. In order for God to get us like His Son, to move closer to the image of His Son, there must be suffering come into your life. In some form, some fashion, suffering is going to have to come to your life. Some kind of strife, some kind of struggle, some kind of crisis is going to have to come into your life in order for God to move you closer to the image of Jesus. Now we all think about 2020 as being a year, the worst year of our lives. And we can all stand and shout, Amen, I'm glad it is over with. But let me ask you this. If the tears we have shed and tears we've cried and the problems that we have faced and the burdens that we have carried, the hearts that's been broken, if those things have made you become like Jesus, I believe God will tell you, this has not been your worst year. It hasn't been your worst year. And that's not fun to process. John said that he must decrease and Jesus must increase. And John realized that's going to cost him something. You've got to realize that when you start decreasing yourself and let God increase that, it's going to cost you something. It cost John's his life. It's all about the perspective when you look at the suffering that people are going through. Philippians 1.29 For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him but also suffer for His sake. Let's look at that again. For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ. Unto you it is given grace because of Christ. Because what Christ has done is for you has been given grace that you believe on Him. You get grace to believe on Him. But not only do you get the grace to believe on Him, but you also get the grace to suffer for His sake. God gives us grace to suffer. And I think that's the greatest gift that God can give. Grace to suffer. I've seen people suffer, and I, and, I, and I ask God, why? Why do you allow this to happen to these people's life? I watched that lady 
for years literally could not do nothing. Her husband had totally devoted himself to her. And I really honestly think he's going to be lost. I really honestly think he's going to be lost because he doesn't have her in his life anymore. But as I told him yesterday, her affliction is over. It's over. His just begins. His affliction just begins. Because someone that uh, deteriorates in life, because somebody uh, passes away, does not mean that your, your problems are over, does not solve everything in your life because you're still here. They've gone to glory. you still got suffering to come into your life. He's, but God has given us the grace to go through the things in life, the suffering that we have to endure in this life. God gives us the grace. So next time you see somebody that's deteriorating in life, their body has worn down, they, 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 they suffered, just think about it. It's but a light affliction. And it's only going to last for a moment. Glory outweighs suffering every day. Glory outweighs pain every day. And we get our eyes fixed in the right way. We take the right perspective on suffering. We'll make it through. The grace of God will see us through.